atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for October 31st in the year of our Lord, 2019. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law, the land, the constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We love the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. And uh, you know what? We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. All right. I guess it's what? Halloween? Day Eve, what do you call that thing? <laughs> I guess we better play a Halloween song, huh? Just uh, kind of bust out for Halloween and celebrate it a little bit there for you. Atlanta Rhythm Section. Kind of a cool sounding tune, huh? Celebrating Halloween, Kurt? You dressing up, buddy? Oh, yeah, you know me and Halloween. I mean, it's just like my favorite uh, holiday in October. Mm-hmm. Is it? I, I kind of like the stock market meltdowns that usually come in October more than Halloween, even. Oh, good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, Not that I'm really for the stock market meltdown. I'm just saying if I have to choose something, anything would be uh, ahead of Halloween in my mind. Spooky little girl. Yeah, there you go. See, I'm not really interested in uh, witch women. You're not? No, I, kinda like, um, I don't want my girl godly to be woman. You know, yeah, a little different than a witchy woman, right? Yeah, I'm into that. You know, I just find it interesting. But I get that women can be confusing. I understand that kind of thing a little bit. Oh, yeah. They have, they have a different uh, viewpoint on things than we do. Could you imagine if they had the identical viewpoint we did? How things would be? Oh, Mister, that wouldn't be good. Yeah, it's a kind of cool sound in tunes, though. Man. Check it out. The Atlanta rhythm section gets the credit for that. They didn't originate the tune, but they sure improved it in my opinion. They say that um, the idea that you're going to get all sick from evil people doing something to your candy is very overrated, rarely happens. They say the chance of you having a problem with getting hit by a car is much greater. Uh, and the reason they say that for Halloween is because it's kind of like dusk, Kurt, where it's starting to get dark and it's hard for people to see and people are all in a hurry and it's super crowded. And as it's getting dark, people wearing costumes, oftentimes the costumes aren't, you know, designed to make sure people know you're there. They're designed to be spooky, you know? And as a result, then people don't really see it. So you got to be really, really careful to watch your kids around Halloween time, right? So that's my Halloween uh, tribute there, Kurt. To be aware, to be careful, to stay alive, to look for a godly woman, not a spooky woman. Just saying. 
Yeah, and even, uh, you know, participate in, I guess you could say, uh, you know, good things like family things. You can always uh, get together, have a nice dinner, you know. Amen to that. Make some good, sweet treats out of good raw honey. Nobody you know? does I mean, that, you, can, you can't even do that. Well, I mean, my wife is like, man, we don't even have any uh, candy to hand out. And I said, well, what about honey sticks? I mean, you know, those are great. You don't want uh, honey sticks. Like, That's like oh, giving somebody man. an apple for Halloween. No, it's not. I Nobody mean, wants I, that. I see Come little on. kids just excited to death about having a bunch of honey sticks. Only I mean, if last there's nothing night, else. They, they, were, they were buying... Uh, you know, this one little girl, she got like two bags of 25 each. You know? All right. Well, here's what I, I want mean, you to do, Kurt. I want you to go ahead and put three things out there for kids. Put a Snicker bar, put a honey stick, and put some like, um, oh, what's that candy that's like sour, like a sour patch thing, whatever. And you just, you know, ask a hundred kids which one they pick and see which one kids take, you know? You can conduct one of your research experiments. I'm going to give them some choices. I'm going to give them, like, choices of five different honey sticks. We got ten available, but, Well, you, you know, can't give them five not, honey sticks. You've got to give them other things, too. You've got to have three well, choices I, of different things. Five choices of uh, five different honey sticks, you know, like you got licorice. Yeah, so you're going to get a honey stick no matter colada. what. <laughs> you don't have to. Uh, licorice. All right, so it's nothing or a honey cinnamon, stick? So you're supposed to compare honey stick to other treats. Kurt's research is all flawed, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now. It's just cooking the books for honey. You know? But but there you have it. Exactly right. And just like cooking the books for the Constitution, baby. You know? We're not cooking the books for the Constitution. We're just trying to obey the supreme law of the land. We're just not going to do anything else but God, family, country, baby. Yeah, but that's not cooking the books. That's the way it's supposed to be. All right. Anyway, Kanye West, Democrats are making blacks abort their children. We're brainwashed out here, bro. Come on, man. This is a free man talking. He says, you know what? Guns in the 80s have been a big problem. Taking the fathers out the home. Plan B, in other words, abortion pills. Lowering our votes, making us abort our children. Thou shalt not kill. Kanye West standing up boldly, nobly, and independently. Uh, He confirmed his conversion to Christianity. Recently as well, so I commend him for that. And then the other thing, uh, after the show yesterday, Kurt sent me another headline uh, about Kanye. Kanye West, quote, Democrats spent years pushing abortion and welfare on black Americans. I think that's absolutely true. Anything else on that one real quick, Kurt? Well, and it's so nice to hear him at least agree with that. And, I mean, we talked about Margaret Sanger and her, uh, you know, leadership, so-called, of the, what's it called, Planned Parenthood, and basically her elimination of uh, so many black babies, uh, killing them, and and, uh, how many more, you know, outstanding Kanye West or Ben Carson's or whatever would we have around but forward for more and more every day, my friend, as the Great Awakening takes place for sure, and gratefully so. And and this is true though. Margaret Sanger had a a goal to uh, literally destroy the black race and to literally, you know, this is historically accurate documentation. It's pretty evident and easy to find on this. Um, YG. This rapper boots fan who refuses to say the f word to you know, blank Trump or whatever in a concert. I commend the fan shame on YG. 
Uh, thousands of YouTubers are wanting to unionize. They've got the support of Europe's largest trade union. I think unionizing is a bad idea because it turns out to be a forced union. But I get the desire to not be abused by your, quote, employer. And in this case, it's not really an employer relationship. Nevertheless, uh, you know, YouTube slash Google certainly uh, stealing revenue from producers and content creators, to say the least. There's a battle uh, over Breitbart on Facebook's new journalism section. And Instagram's boss got involved. Now, Instagram's owned by Facebook, just so you know. There's really very few players in this uh, arena. Nevertheless, the point is they're saying, hey, Breitbart ought to be listed on Facebook. And others are saying, no, they're just a third-rate conspiracy site that promotes white supremacy, etc. And, well, the debate's on. But again, uh, I'm not suggesting they promote white supremacy. But I don't even know what white nationalism or white supremacists that they use those terms interchangeably i don't even know what all that means all i know is this doesn't everybody get a voice when does the media when do these big companies built by government when does the government have the right to say your voice is acceptable and your voice is not welcome not acceptable at all man it just smacks of the first amendment all the way doesn't it i guess comedian steven crowder exposes that Tulsi Gabbard's YouTube videos were suppressed when they were trending over Hillary Clinton, the big feud that took place uh, a couple weeks ago. So there again, you know, Google suppressing uh, those who they don't want in favor of those who they want to reward. See, somebody ought to be prosecuted over there at Google for that kind of a manipulation. I guess uh, there's a new study out. Networks, the big boys, if you will, three out of five impeachment reports come from, quote, anonymous sources. Uh, and that's a serious problem indeed, because uh, journalistic guidelines and uh, integrity would say, you know what, you shouldn't have anonymous sources. That should be very, very, very rare. It might not even be on the whole story. It would just be on a detail or two uh, if you have to have it. But it should be rare indeed. You should double and triple source uh, and be able to document what you do is the standard. But no. 60-plus percent of reports uh, based on these fake news sources. And when we dig in, we find out not only do these anonymous sources uh, not let us know who created the, the, the details or, or documenting the details. But a lot of anonymous sources are based on anonymous sources. So let me explain. My anonymous source got it from an anonymous source. And at some point it turns into fake news. Republicans have been complaining to House Democrats about their interviewing witnesses and their impeachment, quote, inquiries in closed door sessions then leaking selective testimony to the media. See, that's what we're talking about here. Selective testimony manipulates the outcome. Anyway, Donald Trump says his reasons for keeping troops in Syria is to control the oil. Should Donald be keeping troops in foreign nations to control their natural resources? What if that was done to us? How would we take to that, huh? I guess is Jeff Sessions weighing a run for his old Senate seat? I pray not, but probably so. Trudeau, victory prompts Brexit talks in Canada's West. I guess they call it Wexit talk, not really Brexit, right? It all depends on who's exiting at the time, on how they term that exit, whatever it is. All right, you got the scoop, NBC News, adding digital jobs but laying off traditional staffers. The landscape's changing for those folks. I warned them. Glad they're listening. Nobody around table live. Abby Johnson was once director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan, Texas, 
After a moral crisis, she quit, and now she campaigns against what she once endorsed. They implement abortion quotas in all of their clinics. What do you mean quotas? You have to perform a certain number of abortions every month. Um, one of the reasons that I left... Are they explicit about that? Yes. It's, it's in your budget, right there on the line item. Uh, one of the reasons I left Planned Parenthood was because uh, in a budget meeting, I was told to double that abortion quota. And for me, as someone who had spoken to the media and had said, you know, we're about reducing the number of abortions, we're about, you right. know, prevention, all of these other services, I was shocked. So since you actually worked at a Planned Parenthood, give us some sense of the relative number of abortions. Okay, abortions, Planned Parenthood provides over 330,000 abortions a year. They are the largest single abortion provider in our country. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, dangerous dry winds. I guess they're going to be sweeping into Los Angeles, according to Reuters, increasing the likelihood of fire. I grew up in Southern California, man. Those Santa Ana winds are brutal. I'll say that. Big time. But why do we have a grid in the first place? Why do we have an electric grid? Why can't we generate power locally and, and, and simply and environmentally friendly and everything else? But they keep insisting on backing the grid where government has control of your energy. That's kind of a big concern, to say the least. But nobody mentions God and turning to God to repent and pray to have less fires and less, you know, electrical problems. Uh, but there you have it. I guess a new poll out, 7 in 10 voters believe in an America first agenda ahead of the 2020 election. I guess everybody's a white supremacist, aren't they? Not just saying. Across the board, they say scores drop. In math and reading for U.S. students, and I suggest that parents take an interest in their children's ability to read. Ben Carson's mom did that, and wow, what a difference that made for the poor young black boy that hated everybody and hated everything and wasn't Christian and life was going horrible in the hood. And then his mom pushed him to read and spend time with the boob tube off. He started to read. He decided to change his life. He became a Christian. And wow, what a tremendous difference that made for Ben. And it can make a difference for everybody else as well. I guess there's a report a woman severed a man's penis to escape an assault. And uh, I guess you've got to go to drastic measures in the perverted culture we seem to find ourselves in. Maybe we ought to encourage the Ten Commandments. A little less of that other stuff, huh? A Florida man with HIV failed to let his, quote, sex partners... Uh, to know about that, says the sheriff. Again, another symptom of our perverted culture. Frequent sex, by the way, is best when trying to conceive. A new sperm study suggests 
I guess these doctors have been leading people astray, saying the less you're involved, the better. But now they're finding out they're wrong. And Anyway, John Legend, re- uh, I guess, records a pro-abortion version of Baby It's Cold Outside. Shame on Legend. Um, I don't know. Again, he's fallen for the lie that Kanye West highlighted that's a serious concern indeed. All right. The Fed manipulates, cuts interest rates again, Kurt. Do you want to respond to this one? Well, uh, you know, uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. At least uh, the president has pointed this out several times. If you're going to, you know, stay with the bogus Federal Reserve and the fiat money system, it ought to be fair to each president. And yet um, it sure doesn't seem like it uh, with the Obama administration. As far as I know, it just continued to cut rates clear down to zero pretty much. And hold them down. And with uh, what's that? And hold them down as well. Keep them yeah, down. Yeah, good point. And then, uh, yeah, with the president, uh, President Trump, it seemed like, um, especially as the economy started moving forward pretty much, then, you know, you had the Federal Reserve just cramp- clamping down and just, you know, raising those interest rates. Which, yeah, they raised it nine times, you know, Kurt. Now they've cut three. So they've raised it by, you know, yeah, they've cut it a third if, of what they if, raised it. And, you know, that combined with all the media doing their best to promote a recession and to say, hey, man, we got troubles and all this stuff that's coming and everything else. Uh, it's amazing to me to see where we are with all of that. No Isn't question for you. Yeah. And, you know, they've been calling it a, uh, you know, a financial Armageddon or a crisis ever since even Donald walked down the escalator. Oh, my gosh, if that guy got in, it would just be destroy everything. It would be horrible, they'd say. Now they've lost so much credibility, Kurt, they don't really have any left. But nevertheless, they continue to spend political capital on this dishonest idea. But my problem, again, is, you know, this Federal Reserve thing in the first place. I mean, how do you make it not political? How do you be fair to both presidents? And you know, The only answer is honest money. Return to the supreme law of the land, baby. It's the only answer. All right, Tom Brokaw's in the news, Kurt. Did you get a chance to hear how he was speaking out? Well, I did see uh, a couple of stories about him where, uh, you know, basically he's uh, saying to the Democrats that they really don't have uh, uh, anything uh, on on the president. Is that That's what right. you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, so Tom Brokaw says Democrats don't have the goods on Trump at all. Veteran anchor who reported on Watergate draws stark contrast with Nixon. They don't have the goods is the bottom line. He did an interview with, uh, what's her name, Andrea? Uh, and I want to play this because it's, it's pretty interesting how Tom goes off on this. Listen to this. He had extraordinary achievements in uh, women's rights, for Talking example, Nixon, war on yeah. cancer, EPA, although some of my Republicans friends say that was a terrible idea. But he, and he changed the draft in the middle of Vietnam. But he could never get traction with the next generation because of how he was executing the war. And then for reasons that are still not clear to me, they became a ring of burglars. They became a ring of breaking and entering people. I mean, these were prima facie 
violations of the law and all the standards of good behavior. And they started going to jail. By the time I got there, Bob Holman had already been sentenced. Their Ehrlichman had been sentenced and Callback had been sentenced. On and on and on. So it was a holding pattern for the president from August of 73 to August of 74. And in August of 73, he gives an Oval Office speech and he is in total denial. And you know, just white as black and black as white. And in just one year, by August 9th, he's out of there. And it was Republicans who go to him and say, you've got to, you know, you've got to resign or you're going to be impeached. We're going to be convicted in the Senate. Big difference between then and now is that the Republican moderate leadership and even those who were kind of hard right began to understand pretty quickly that there were real violations there. And in fact, two of his aides went down to see him and said, I mean, down in Florida and said, you've got to resign. That was early. That just came out, you know, six months after he did resign because the record was replete with these gross violations of what he had been doing. At the same time, he was a sitting president of the United States. And when Israel almost went down to Egypt and Syria, he helped save them by ordering this reinforcement that was massive and inventive. So there was this curious difference between then and now. The big difference was... He wasn't on a tweet all day long. We didn't have it. We had cell phone. We didn't have cell phones even. We had typewriters. So he wasn't out there kind of kind of promoting himself constantly like this president is. He tried to keep the dignity of the office up to some degree. So there are enormous differences between then and now. The big difference is, however, Andrea, that they still don't have what you would call the goods on this president in terms of breaking the law and being an impeachable target for them. They're going to start the process, but they don't have the same kind of clarity that the people who are opposed to Richard Nixon had because it was so clear that these were criminal acts that he was involved in. The smoking gun tape, the Oval Office tapes, that kind of hard evidence of criminality. To bring down a president who was successful in the Middle East, who was successful in with the breakthrough to China, Vietnam is another whole issue. But and, there, and don't forget about the first Russian salt talks, you know, which he opened right. up and got him going. Which were the strategic nuclear talks. Long, well, long other presidents have warned since then. There are no more taping systems in the, in the Oval Office. I mean, you know. That we know of. That we know of. Uh, Pat Buchanan always said he should have just taken them out, put a bonfire on the South Lawn, burned them. People wouldn't have known what was on them. He got turned down by Al Haig, among others, and by the president's lawyer. Uh, now... Pat also said on the Sunday after the Saturday night massacre, he wired a friend of his in, uh, in St. Louis where he once worked, and he said, there will be impeachment proceedings beginning on Monday. Well, so much to learn from this, and such a wonderful personal narrative. And There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Brokaw speaking out, even referring to Pat Buchanan. Um, so there you have it. You know, um, now they've tried to attack Pat's credibility, saying he's some white extremist or something like that. All completely bogus. Nevertheless, Tom Brokaw, in my opinion, nailed it, Kurt. And this is kind of where the rubber meets the road. And I submit to you to be uh, voting today on formal proceedings or guidelines for impeachment when uh, Donald Trump hasn't even been able to figure out who, who his, quote, accusers are, I think is a gross uh, violation of due process and, and, and an injustice to say the least. They're moving forward. Tom even basically blatantly says they don't have the goods here. Uh, but they're moving forward as if they do in an effort to manipulate the court of public opinion in an effort to get the goods, closed door meetings and everything else, and they still don't have them. But they're going to proceed anyway. Question, do you think that the vote's going to be in the affirmative? Are they going to move forward with the impeachment proceedings and set forth some guidelines here? 
You know, uh, it seems like to me it's, you know, it's all about the politics. And so I, uh, I would not expect that the Democrats, uh, no, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that the Republicans are a bunch of smart guys because it seems like, um, like our buddy uh, from the uh, oh, Liberty Council that called them years ago the stupid party, you know. Matt uh, but Yeah, that's right. Uh, but, um, you know, when you look at the Democrats, I don't think they're very smart when it comes to figuring out what the American people will vote for. Uh, and I, I, this is, in my opinion, just media opportunities for them. And, and they're hoping uh, that the president will uh, somehow do some missteps. There'll be some uh, help by the media and they can take him out. Even if the House votes for it, it's DOA and the Senate, from what I understand. Time will tell. We'll keep an eye on the ball just for you. This is... Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. The general who oversaw the raid on ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi says the U.S. is on alert for retribution attacks. The head of U.S. Central Command, General Frank McKenzie, saying it would be a mistake to conclude that ISIS has been defeated. And he says the U.S. is preparing for some sort of retribution. Baseball fans of the nation's capital are celebrating this morning. Literally my entire life, we haven't won anything since I've been growing up. And now to have three championships, Capitals, Mystics, Nationals, can't think of anything better. With a Game 7 win over the Astros in Houston, the Nationals win their first ever World Series. House Republicans slamming Democrats for their impeachment resolution that passed yesterday authorizing public hearings now in the impeachment inquiry. This is USA Radio News. So there's this guy named Jordan, and he's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six, and he works as a guide in Alaska. But then he goes to the doctor, and he's diagnosed with cancer, stage four. And here's the thing. He had switched from medical insurance to MediShare, which is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, is this really going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is, is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. If you want to find out more, here's a number for you. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. South Korean military officials say North Korea has fired two unidentified projectiles towards the Sea of Japan. The South Korean Joint Chiefs of Staff saying the military there is monitoring the situation. 
That raging wildfire in Northern California finally being contained as a Cal Fire spokesman says the Kincaid Fire is now 45% contained. Favorable weather conditions yesterday helped fire crews make some progress on that fire that sparked a week ago in Sonoma County. Over 250 structures have been destroyed by that fire. Ford and United Auto Workers reaching a deal that will avoid a strike. Negotiators for the two sides say the deal does still need to be ratified by the 55,000 union members at Ford. Neither Ford nor the union would disclose further details about the agreement until that ratification. The Fed announcing an interest rate cut yesterday at the end of a two-day meeting, and this is USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, the fact is, ladies and gentlemen, Michelle Obama, former first lady, is a flat-out racist bigot. Would that be too harsh, Kurt? Well, I don't think so. She's stirring it up, buddy. What I'm looking at is, uh, here's a story uh, from the Western Journal on World Net Daily. It says, Michelle Obama wants to remind white folks that you're still running from blacks and immigrants. That's she points finger at white up. people, and I don't know that why you'd point a finger at anybody because of their race. She says, I can't make people not afraid of black people. I don't know what's going on. I can't explain what's happening in your heads, she says. Michelle Obama says that white people are afraid of black people. But my question is, if that's true, then how on earth did her husband end up as president of the United States if we're all afraid of Barack? White folks are afraid of living in black neighborhoods, she says. White folks continue to avoid living with minorities, Michelle Obama said on Tuesday while attending the Obama Foundation Summit in Chicago. The former first lady was talking about the phenomenon known as white flight, Kurt. And um, anyway, I don't know how to respond to this. Well, I do. But, uh, Kurt, what do, you, what do you say to this whole thing, though? Are you afraid of black people, Kurt? Well, I'm afraid of bad people, Sam. What? Uh, I don't care if Hold they're on. white, wait, 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 black, wait. pink, blue, You're purple, afraid of bad whatever. people? Well, bad people do bad things. Like criminals, Sam. Kurt? Yeah, that's okay. right. Uh-huh. Like, uh, you know, remember that one restaurant we were to in... Uh, uh, our recent trip, and uh, you know, they had these bars all through the windows. You yes, know, sir. I mean, it's like every four inches there's a bar there. There's a reason they have those bars there, uh, Sam. To stop the criminals, you mean? That's right. And uh, let me explain yeah. something that you need to understand. Those bars know the difference between a white criminal and a black criminal, don't they? No. They just stop criminals, you mean? All kinds of criminals? Yeah, they every just one stop of them? Bad guys. Bad okay. Guys, people yeah. that do bad stuff. Okay, so are you afraid of black people then, Kurt? I'm afraid of black bad people, just like I'm afraid of white bad people. Ooh. But I'm not what about really, those Asian uh, bad people, Kurt. Uh, well, those are bad ones too. What about uh, them on Hispanic the hand, ones? I, I really appreciate good people, no matter what color they are, Sam. Hey, Kurt, are you afraid of Michelle? Well, I'm worried when she says stuff like this and i've got reason to believe that she's not 
what would you say? Um, you know, even the person that you know she seems to be. Um, so I'm I'm concerned of those things. And I hear that. Um, you know, so hey, I Kurt. Mean, other than that, you afraid of Alan yeah. Keys? No. Uh, are you I afraid of Ben Carson? Guy. I think he's a great guy. Yeah. Are you afraid of Ben Carson? No. Now, you were in an elevator with David A. Clark Jr., big old That's black right. dude and stuff like that. It was just me, you, and him in the elevator. I mean, he could have just trashed the tar out of us there, Kurt. I wasn't scared at all. Were you scared of him? No. How come, Kurt? Why? Because he's a good guy. Yeah, because he was decent. He smiled. We exchanged yeah. pleasantries just like normal he's people would, Kurt. individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you weren't thinking... Oh my gosh, this guy's black. There's bad going, gonna go I mean, down. His pants weren't falling off. You know, he didn't have like you know any gang signs. At, I mean, you know, I saw one on our recent trip that um, one individual, I should say that. I mean, his pants were like down like eight inches. You know, was showing off. You know, a bunch of underwear, and I'm like, you know, that's just that's just bad. You know? Well, and see, that's the point I don't think Michelle Obama understands. Now, the sad part is I think Michelle does understand it, Kurt, but I think she wants to divide on race. And that's why I say that she's a racist, hostile bigot here. What is she trying to do? I'm not afraid of black people, and I don't care if I have black people as neighbors. And I don't care if I have Hispanic people as neighbors. But what I want is good people to be my neighbors, and I want bad people not to be my neighbors. Okay, and uh, I'm agreeing with Kurt completely. I'm not afraid. Now, when she says that we don't want to live in a black neighborhood, my response is, what the heck is a black neighborhood, Kurt? Is that a neighborhood where all the white people left? I guess that's what she means. Why do you think the white Um, people left, Kurt? Well, I think that sometimes people leave because especially they leave places where they feel unsafe, Sam. Yes, they feel unsafe or they want to leave a place where they feel like there's too much criminal activity. Well, that'd be the first answer again, right? If yeah. If there's too much criminal activity, they're unsafe. They're unsafe. But I'm just saying, I think it's safety and criminal activity. I also think oftentimes it's as you get more affluent, you want to live in a nicer neighborhood. Now, everybody does that, Kurt. Um, you know, Michelle moved from somewhere to the neighborhood that she describes, and then she said all the white people just left as soon as she rolled in. Now, do you think that she was, um, you know, being really cool to the white people? So uh, Michelle says that I'm afraid of her, and what I'd like Michelle to do is I'd like to find out, and I don't know how to do this, Kurt, because I don't have the funds, I don't have the research, you know, time But what I'd like to do is find out, if I could, in Barack's neighborhoods. I don't know how many homes Barack owns or Michelle owns or their family, but I think it's a few different homes and stuff like that. I'd like to know around every home that Michelle and Barack own or that they've stayed at in the last, say, 10 years, um, how many white people, black people, Hispanic people, and then how many good people versus bad people live in those places, Kurt? Don't you think that would be an interesting research study? Well, yeah, I guess uh, she was presenting at this um, Illinois Institute of Technology, and she said there was no reason for white families to leave, and she blamed them, I guess that's the white families, for the subsequent decay of the neighborhood. Um, Why would you blame somebody that left a neighborhood for the decay of a neighborhood. Well, um, and if a, if a white guy moves out and a black case. person moves in, Kurt, and they're just as upstanding and they're just as good guys, 
then the neighborhood shouldn't deteriorate in any way, should it, Kurt? She she said uh, there were no gang fights, there were no territorial battles, yet one by one they packed their bags and they ran from us, and they left communities in shambles. She said. So if if people leave, how does that you know they leave their house? How does that make the community be in shambles? Wouldn't they? you know, preceding or the, you know, succeeding individuals have to be the ones causing the shambles? I mean, did they bust up everything before they left? Hey, Kurt, I've had a lot of people move in and move out of my neighborhood. I've been in my same neighborhood for like 17 years or so, and a lot of people have moved in, a lot of people have moved out. I don't know what the turnover is, but let's say that it's one third or one quarter, or I don't know, whatever. It's pretty significant, though. I mean, I know most of my neighbors as well. Um. Well, let's say this. I know all my neighbors to some degree, some better than others, but I know them. I mean, I could knock on their door and, and I've seen them and I've talked to them and I've said hi to them and I know them. Okay. And, and, and there's been significant turnover in my neighborhood over the last 17 years. Um, and I don't see that my neighborhood's deteriorating, Kurt. What would cause a neighborhood to deteriorate, yeah. might I ask? Uh, well, I think a uh, neighborhood deteriorates. Good when, guy moves out, bad know, guy people. moves in. That's right. Uh, you know, I guess she affirmed in her presentation that the issue of discrimination exists because of a defect in white people. She's saying white people are defective, I guess. And that it was up to black Americans to overcome that. She said, quote, we can't do it for them because they're broken. Their brokenness in how they see us is a reflection of this brokenness. And you can't fix that. All you can do is the work, she said. Hmm. I have another question for Michelle. If white people are afraid to live in black neighborhoods, um, did she move into a white neighborhood, Kurt? And a and question would be, well, why would she move into a white neighborhood? It's a good point. Sam. If she I knows guess, uh, we're afraid of her, she knows we hate her, which I don't agree with any of this, by the way. Just follow. This is her logic, not mine, right? If she knows yes. we're afraid of her, she knows we're just going to run and leave. And she knows when we run and leave, the neighborhood will just go to heck in a handbasket. Why would she move in there in the first place, Kurt? It sounds like wherever she goes, she ruins the neighborhood. Well, that's a good point. Um, I guess Paul Joseph Watson from... Uh, you know, uh, Infowars uh, crowd, uh, he responded to her and says, uh, Michelle Obama claims that white people are still running from black people and immigrants by moving out of diverse neighborhoods. She, he says the Obamas live in an $8 million mansion in Calorama, D.C., which is 83% white and just 3.8% black. Um, so that kind of... Well, give it five years. Up, right? All the whites will just pick up and bail, buddy. Uh, Won't they? Won't they, they just roll? Yeah. That's what she says. And then the neighborhood will go to heck in a handbasket, and Michelle won't be responsible. All the people that bailed will. All I'm telling you is I don't understand the divide she's fomenting here, and I say shame on her. But if she thinks I'm afraid of her, why don't me and Michelle appear on CNN together, shall we? Sam and, and, and Michelle can d discuss this in person on CNN or her favorite talk show. We can even go on The View. Whatever show she wants to go on, we can do it. Uh, I'm not afraid, Michelle. I'll fly in and meet you wherever you want, sister. Winning of that, Kurt. Liberty is not free. Its costs are innumerable. 
without monetary funding, the valiant efforts of freedom-loving Americans become diminished or outright defeated. We present a solution, the Give Me Liberty Fund. The plan is quite simple. Invite individual Americans to contribute less than a dollar a day. These monetary funds are used to promote liberty-minded media, organizations, events, candidates, movements, and speakers. In the spirit of transparency, all expenditures are published. Patriotic business owners provide discounted products and services to Give Me Liberty Fund members. Our greatest strength is in numbers. Go to GiveMeLibertyFund.com and become part of the solution today. GiveMeLibertyFund.com Participate in the peaceful restoration of the greatest and freest country in the world. Kosher. Certified. Put the two words together to get co-certified, which is spelled with an S-E-H instead of just S-H. It's the right way to spell this, the German way, and it made it easier to trademark. Now, did I tell you that the letters S-E-H still make the shh sound, as in all those American food producers saying shh, let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified. Think about it. Nearly one century of kosher certification, and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries. Well, because you, consumer, are indirectly paying for this. The Co-Certified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities. And it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified. We call that NKC. Start memeing it. It's fun. NKC, not kosher certified. Now to confuse our audience even more, we put a question mark at the end of our name. And that really cinched our trademark approval. It relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior, thekosherquestion.com. Oh, man, it's hitting the fan once again, ladies and gentlemen. They told you a lie and got caught so quick it's shocking. The new media taking center stage. They don't control the narrative anymore, Kurt. Proof is in the pudding as we take on Michelle Obama over race. Come on, Michelle, why don't you and I go ahead and, well, maybe we don't want to go on a favorite network. I hate the networks you love and you don't like the networks I like. And so why don't we just go ahead and go to the National Press Club down there in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I'll have to travel about 2,000 miles to come see you, sister. But you'll just be able to roll from your $8 million neighborhood right on over there to the press club. I'll pay for your Uber if you're a little bit short on funds and stuff like that. And we'll just sit right on down to the press club and, and have a good old-fashioned debate on race. Shall we, Michelle? You know one one thing I will say that, at the at the uh, is that an offer great. you can't refuse, buddy? Um, well, I think it's an offer she'll refuse, but it is she afraid of me? Should be taken up. I think so. Um, and in this uh, Western Journal piece brought to us by World Net Daily, she says uh, uh, down at the end, I you know she says some things that I agree with. I even had a few times when I agreed with Bill Clinton. So uh, she says, as people doubted us coming through, are you Princeton material? Can you really make the grade? Can you cut it? What do you do in those instances? She says, all you can do is put your head down and do the work and let the work, your truth, speak for itself. That's what she told the uh, Hill. She said that her mission is to live such a blameless life that discrimination will fade away in the minds of all the people with whom she deals. But maybe, she says, if I show up every day as a human, a good human, now she's pointing out this good part, doing wonderful things, loving my family, loving our kids, taking care of things that I care about, maybe, just maybe, that work will 
will pick away at the scabs of our discrimination. Maybe that will slowly unravel it. Uh, she said that the Obama era gave America the opportunity to see what she called the reality of black citizens. Uh, she said being the first black first family gave America and the world the chance to see the truth of who we are as black people as others that we are just as an and then she says this, and oftentimes better than many of the people who doubt us. But our stories don't get old, she said. Well, that's now, true, though. A lot of times people are better than people that doubt us. I'm a whole lot better than the people that suggest I'm a white whatever and this and that. And, I, you know, I'm a lot better than people, you know, doubting me, too. Uh, so I get it. And, but and I don't hear you say that a lot because I, I think that, you know, a humble person wouldn't really... Uh, say they're better than somebody else but you know That's the bottom right. line is at least in her case i think uh um way down here she's understanding hey the important thing is to be a good human and if she wants to find the problems in the neighborhoods that she's talking about uh i think all she's got to do is look not at race but are they good or bad? Are they doing nice things or mean things? And then she'll find the reason that people flight or they take yeah, flight. Yeah, well, I got a question. What makes a neighborhood bad anyway? You know, if a neighborhood is decimated or destroyed or whatever you want to call it, what happened? Why is it destroyed? Is, it, is the ground different, Kurt? Did the ground change? I just no, Did the buildings change? Just what, what people do with the neighborhood. You, can, you could take any place and... Move the bad people out and have good people in, and you're going to have a better place. Yes, sir. By the way, I don't care that's, where it is. that's one of the uh, uh, you know reasons that I would point to the Savior Jesus Christ when He teaches us to follow the Prince of Peace and to come follow Him, and then He you know He changes people from the inside, and then they change their surroundings, Kurt. You know, I think that's kind of important to note, too. That might make it into the debate with me and old Michelle. Uh, but, again, I'll pay for Michelle's Uber ride on down into the National Press Club, and we'll see if we can't, if, if Michelle and I put a, a fundraiser up there on, oh, one of these fundraising services, Kurt, GoFundMe or something like that. Do you think there'd be enough money to help her get an Uber ride and to help me fly to, um, you know, Washington, D.C., and blind white men debates black first lady on racial issues? Because white people are afraid of black people. And Sam's here to prove that even a blind white man's not afraid of a black woman. See, we could just have this throwdown. And I would basically point out to Michelle that I realize there's been racial problems in America in the past, but I submit to you that it's not one sided. It's two sided. And there are people who hate people because of a different race. There are people who hate people because of, uh, you know, some pretty bad history that I'm not here to justify. The way we treated blacks, the way we treated the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or the Mormons, the way we treated the Native Americans, in many cases is not good, and I, I will not defend it. But I will defend actions of my own. In other words, I'm responsible for my own actions and not for Adam's transgression. Okay, I wasn't there in those generations when those bad things were happening. I wouldn't have been a Governor Boggs. Uh, and, you know, put an extermination order on the Mormons back in the day. I wouldn't have been uh, some of these other people that have abused the Native Americans. I wouldn't be the people that have abused the blacks either. Now, I'm not afraid of, of black people. In fact, would you let Ben Carson operate on you if you needed an operation, Kurt? Yep. Why? Because he's a good guy. 
is a good guy, but he's also renowned in his field as an expert, as a very brilliant, very knowledgeable, very capable expert. See? And I, and I respect and support that. So there you have it. Um, anyway, shame on you, Michelle. All right, Jeffrey Epstein's in the news once again, Kurt, and I warned you about this. Uh, I told you that the Jeffrey Epstein isn't as we've been told. And I brought it up even just a day or two ago. And I said, you know, uh, we don't trust the government on these things, whether it's Jeffrey Epstein, whether it's this murder of this Baghdadi guy. I don't trust what we're hearing from the government because the evidence to me doesn't make sense. It just doesn't pass the smell test or hold water, whatever you want to call it. Well, now Jeffrey Epstein's autopsy points to homicide, not suicide. That's according to the New York Times, Kurt, the NY Times. I guess a forensic expert now suggests that Jeffrey Epstein was murdered. They say neck fractures um, imply homicidal strangulation took place. Now, a noted forensic pathologist, his name is Dr. Michael Baden. He's the one that says the body of Jeffrey Epstein showed some usual signs of of murder and the evidence points to homicide not suicide he says and uh mr baden also says that he expects to find a smoking gun he has requested a dna test on the bed sheet that was found wrapped around epstein's next he says hey you know what this and i don't know this word but it's l-i-g-a-t-u-r-e Anyway, basically says that evidence will be all over that thing. What do you think of that, Kurt? I guess the family hired this person to do this autopsy because they're kind of thinking it's not as we're told either, Kurt. Wait a minute. So you're saying that this guy who had all this involvement with Bill Clinton and uh, even a royal over in in uh, Great Britain and all this other stuff and all these uh, shady dealings and things like that. When he finally got in prison, uh, somehow when he died, um, it wasn't as they reported it. It's exactly what I'm saying. The noted. Forensic pathologist, Dr. Michael Baden, says, hey, this looks like a whole lot more like a strangulation, a murder than a suicide. Well, I'd just say, can you say um, Clinton body count, Sam? Well, I, you know, I can say that and it may be true. I don't really know what the scoop is. And this is kind of where, I mean, I understand a lot of people have a lot of theories about what happened. And I don't know what happened. I just know this. I don't trust the official story. And now you've got basically two, quote, investigators on this. You've got the government one that says, hey, nothing here. Move along. Uh, it was a suicide. Case closed. We don't need to review it. The family doesn't believe it. Hires another expert. Does the investigation. Comes back with a completely different answer. And for the most part, the media sidelined. They're not even discussing it, Kurt. Good point, Sam. They're too busy they, telling you Pelosi just things. one step away from being president, right? Well, it's, yeah, and it's almost um, as, um, what would you say, uh, uh, a topic that is going to be less covered than uh, 
Well, the only ones more less covered would be Seth Rich, you know what I mean? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because my next headline, what we still don't know about Seth Rich, Jack um, Coshill, I think is how you say his name, Jack Coshill hits media for wanting to avoid an alternative theory about what happened to Seth Rich or what happened in his death, Kurt. And so this is what I mean when I say I don't trust the Seth Rich story. I don't trust the Jeffrey Epstein story. I don't trust the Baghdadi story. I don't trust the 9-11 event. I don't trust the Oklahoma City event. You say, what, Sam? Yeah, man, Jesse Trudeau. Uh, is still trying to figure out what's going on with that. Kenneth Trudeau was his brother that got, well, I say murdered in prison. Government says, hey, no problem. But the attorney, literally, Jesse, his brother from Salt Lake City, has been pushing hard to get answers. We had Jesse on a long time ago talking about this. Okay, and I don't believe these stories at all. I don't believe the narrative we're being told, Kurt, one bit. And Seth Rich uh, is a great example of there's more than meets the eye. Now, do I know what happened? No, I don't. I'm not speculating as to what I, that I know everything about it or that I have all the answers. I, I don't. But what I am saying is I do not trust the government official story at all. And it seems like every time the government talks, I don't trust them. Now, is Trump in on this Baghdadi scenario and there's a problem there? I don't know. I just know this when we expect to find what, insurgent Kurds to give us the underwear, and that's how we're going to match the DNA test, then we're already going to conduct the test, call the conclusion, uh, bury the guy at sea so you'll never find him and you'll never do any backup autopsies or anything else. That makes me go, hmm, is this really as we think it is? I don't know the answers, Kurt. I just know that I don't trust them. And the problem is they've eroded trust so much, whether it be in the official stories they tell, the official you know narrative they paint, or whether it's in the courts, where they literally tase Ammon Bundy's attorney, Marcus Mumford, right in the court. Um, you know, to the point where I just, I don't trust the courts. I don't trust the federal government. I don't trust the FBI. I don't trust the CIA. I don't trust the Justice Department. I don't trust the military industrial complex. Why don't I trust them? Because in my lifetime, they have been so dishonest and so immoral I mean, in the Ammon Bundy case, you were told how evil Ammon was. I defended him, had him on the radio many, many times, uh, and defended him and said, hey, you know what? This isn't as we're told. I was even at the event, the rally that was peaceful that went on, and they lied and suggested in a photo that I was kind of the head over the, one of the head leaders of the takeover of the Malheur Wildlife Refuge. That was a flat-out lie in the media. I was there. They lied, folks. They were dishonest. The Hammond case, they've lied about that, too suggesting the Hammonds are terrorists. Nothing could be further from the truth. I don't trust their narratives at all. I want to know what happened to Seth Rich. Right? I want to know about this Michael Baden forensic pathologist's research. Hey, was Jeffrey Epstein murdered? I think the answer is yes. And I want to debate Michelle Obama about this race issue because... She's not being genuinely honest, folks, at all about the truth. And we need to push in the debates to get to the bottom of what's really ailing America and what we need to do to fix it. That's just my humble two cents. I guess it's not so humble, is it? There you go. You have it. A breakdown from Sam and Kurt. Hour one in the can. Hour two coming up. LibertyRoundTable.com. Donate today. God save the Republic of the United States of America. (laughs) 